Welcome back to episode five of the final say. We didn't get an episode in last week because, you know, we couldn't figure out what the hell we were doing. But Top we're back. Scheduling. We're Top back. Schedule. Tough scheduling. But we got a loaded episode for you today. We got a lot to talk about. I know Mason was very eager to tell a hockey story that me and Bez don't even know yet. So you guys are going to be hearing it at the same time as we do. So Mason? Yeah. So uh, as as you guys know, every Thursday and, my, and Mondays now, I have uh, my little street hockey league that I like to play in that uh, pretty much is my national league. Uh, so it's a regular Thursday. I go home. I'm like, we got playoffs. So it's a pretty much a, a round robin tournament. And you, you, you win you win two games to make it to the finals. Number one seed gets a first round bye, kind of like the uh, kind of like the NFL playoffs. So we had the first game because we had I think we finished like fourth in, out of six teams, which was we started off hot, lost consecutive weeks in a row, which was kind of shitty. But you know, all teams go through rough patches, and I I was playing god awful. So I wanted to have a good game. So I'm like, all right, I'll go home. I'll eat, you know, I'll rest, maybe warm up the hands a little bit, maybe take a quick like, little pregame skate just to get the legs moving. Because, like, my, my issue is I don't get going until the second game. You play two games a night, I don't get going until the second game. Legs don't legs don't wake up till around the second game. And uh, can you guys tell me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I don't know why I thought I lost you. Uh, so get a little pregame skating, get some food in me. So I'm about, to, I'm about to leave for the rink, and I'm like, oh, I start I start getting, like, this weird, like, kind of stomach feeling. I'm like, oh, I don't feel good at all. Driving to the rink, I'm, like, still feeling like garbage. So I, I get to the rink, and it's it's got to be at least, like, 80 degrees outside, pretty humid that day. And I get I, we get there about 15 minutes early, and I'm, I'm, I'm fucking – I'm hurting, boys. I'm hurting. I'm not feeling too good at all. So I'm like – I grab my water. I walk over to the porta potty. And I absolutely dummy that thing. I was coming out of both ends quick, and I might have painted the fucking walls of that bitch with puke. Like it was not pretty what I had to do in that porta potty. And I, I tried cleaning it up. I really did the best I could without puking even more. But I emptied legit everything I ate that day, just straight out. Like I, it was like a I clo- I latched the door, turned, and just let her rip immediately. The thing it was, was shaking. An absolute. I had my I had my wheels on too, so I'm trying not to slip in the fucking in the puke that I I just sprayed all over this thing. Sorry, that's because it's kind of graphic. Uh, I feel but, for the uh, I feel for the guy who came in after you. Damn. Oh, that's the thing. People were. I I. So, right as we're about to like drop the puck, I hear somebody go, "Oh my god, what the fuck!" And I look <laughs> over, and somebody had opened the door, and. I had done my best. I really did try to clean up the most I could. And so, obviously, I, I, I immediately don't talk at all. I hope nobody – that's all I'll find out if people actually listen from that are in the league because I tell people about it, but I never know if they listen. And uh, I immediately just didn't say anything. I, I ended up making the joke that, like, some junkie had gone in there and puked after uh, almost overdosing or coming off uh, some some uh, some certain drugs that, that may flow around dairy. But, was that uh, the night that we came to to watch yeah, it? Oh, yeah, that was immediately the night that you guys came. But uh, <laughs> we spent like an hour after, after that. Yeah, so I wasn't feeling. I uh, I immediately felt fantastic. Go out there, put two assists, and we lose an OT, which was kind of which kind of sucked. But I mean, we gave it our all. I left with 
more scrapes than I had the entire season with uh, the amount of road rash that was on my body after that game. And I uh, never, never really felt so tired. So uh, we lost the game, but ended up going to the, down the street to the Walgreens, grabbing a tall boy, and ended up watching the rest of the night with you boys, which I enjoyed very much. Because we don't, honestly, we don't get to hang out much outside of doing the podcast, which kind of sucks. I mean, I see Dev every other weekend, and I know, Bez, you're pretty busy, but I definitely enjoy uh, our night afterwards. Oh, yeah, we, we hit up the, we packed the bees afterwards. Yeah, oh, yeah, we, we filled that thing. Best waitress on the planet. Such oh, a nice, just, such a nice lady. The blue, yeah, the, the blue Bahama mamas, you know, those are different. The, the Bahama mamas, dude, there's no way that woman thought that we were all 21. Dude, <laughs> she, she looked at our IDs for at least 15 minutes on each fucking one. It was, oh my God. She's, yeah, she, I just got to quote her on one thing. Cause I ordered a blue Bahama and she thinks that we all just came back from sweating our asses off playing hockey, but Mason was the only one. And she's like, She's like, oh yeah, like that's what that's what you could use. Some like she's like, that's what you could you could use right now. Something cold and wet. And she's referring to the drink. Bez just starts laughing. And I can't <laughs> I can't hold it either. And we're all yeah. just laughing in her face. Well, yeah, I immediately say I'm like, oh yeah, that's the Deb loves it cold and wet. <laughs> he's used to. He's and going then- in the back. He's, he's he's going in the back door most of the time. Dude, oh that's, that's the thing. When she got to me, I was like, you know, I could use some cold and wet. I'm gonna go with the blue Bahama too. So like, yeah, I was getting shit for ordering like you know this this furly like girl like what girls would typically drink. And Mason's like, oh, I would, Mason's like, I'm gonna get a manly IPA, and I'm like, I got a Corona. I got a Corona extra with a lime. Very very manly beverage. Yeah. I remember having one of those from, uh, I think I had one of those and maybe a beer and maybe something else. I went to Applebee's for my, for my 21st on a Thursday. And uh, yeah, those, those things didn't feel too good the next day. That's a lot of sugar in those bitches. Yeah. I had, I had solid poop the next morning. You know? it, was, it was pretty <laughs> smooth. It was nice. It was nice before my morning workout. So, I mean, I couldn't complain too much, but uh, yeah. Oh, good. Get, the, get the blood flowing. Exactly. It really woke me up. So, oh your morning stretch in yes sir applebee's works wonders for the the morning wake-ups especially when you're hitting the gym seriously yeah you get those creatine yeah i'm actually mixing in with a little creatine you're you're buzzing (laughs) a little bit of workout a little bit of spinach artichoke dip some some (laughs) blue bahama yeah we got the well we get the classic combo yeah yeah we are we are munching the classic combo is a classic it really is good it did look good Anyways, now that we've been promoting Applebee's for the past five minutes. Yeah, screw Applebee's. What the heck? Screw Applebee's. Oh, it's a fine establishment, boys. It is. Mason, what do you got back. for what do you got for playoff hockey? What can you oh, give I us got, on that? I got I got a tight playoff race between four teams left who all have all have a couple things in common. They all got good goaltending and they all got depth. And uh, sadly, the Bruins couldn't pull it off over the Islanders. But that's what happens when you pretty much get kind of screwed when your your superstars aren't playing like your superstars. And you don't got your fourth and third line guys stepping up and playing big roles like you do on the Islanders, where you got four lines that can roll and play good, solid defensive hockey. And overall, just play good as a team like, you, like you're seeing. Because, I mean, the two best teams right now that I think are playing are 
or the like the Islanders Tampa series. It's not a very uh, it's a pretty electrifying series some nights, but sometimes it's boring when you get the Islanders getting out to that early lead, kind of like how Montreal and Vegas are playing, where you get Vegas that running gun style who can who can roll and score in a matter of a blink of an eye. And then you have a team like Montreal where they, they if they get one early, they're going to sit on that lead. They're going to choke you out to death with that with that neutral zone trap and just not let you get going. So overall, it's it's a pretty good series. You got Braden Point, who's got an eight-game goal streak. He is, that's the first the the number the highest uh, goal point streak in the playoffs is ten games set by. Let me get the name here. Reggie Leach set in 1976 with a 10-game goal streak. Braden Point's got eight. First time it's been done in over 30 years. That's wow. ridiculous. You think he's breaking it? And uh, I had I, – I texted in a couple of my group chats asking my buddies, and they're thinking so because when you get on a hot streak like that, and especially when you're playing games every other night, it's just – it's all flow. So like if you're if you're feeling it that good and you're and you're hot, it's like when you heat up, it's like it's almost impossible to slow somebody like that down. Um, along with somebody who, along with a, a just Kucherov, Stammer, all those guys who can get real hot, and uh, I don't know, Tampa looks like they're unbeatable boys. I mean that Coliseum's rocking for the New York Islanders, but it might be the last game in the Coliseum after uh after tomorrow but as of right now the uh let me check the score here because they are in the middle of the game oh it's one nothing lightning in the first intermission so Damn. it's uh it's a tight game over there in the collie <laughs> but i don't know it, it's it is crazy to think that like going into the series um people picked uh tampa to pretty much roll them which they put up a fight like they did last year in the bubble, took them to six games. And uh, it looks like they're going to either pull it out here or uh, it's going to be another game six ending to the Tampa Bay Lightning, just like last year. And again, overlooking in the West, you have a team like Vegas and Montreal, where Montreal was everyone on, especially Twitter and on major sports podcasts had not picked, had picked, Montreal, the the team that come out of the Canada fucking point uh, biscuit. No, what is it called? The track meet division because of oh, there's so many goals. But uh, uh, they, they've been surprised in this series and really they got Vegas on the ropes, winning, leading them three two right now. And it looks like it's gonna come down to a Tampa Montreal um, final, which would be great for Canada. I mean, when's the last time Canada's been in the finals? It's got to be at least five maybe 10 years so that's yeah, good for like canada that. that's good for canada and i mean you get a guy like carrie price a veteran who's been around the league a long time who this is the deepest he's been in the playoffs and already now he's just he's hot and that defense is looking so good for for montreal especially when they get an early lead because they can just they, they pretty much just choke you out down the middle and there ain't much you can really do with when you can't really get rolling and especially when in Vegas their stars aren't scoring right now. And they really only have two, maybe the third line will step up, but they only really got two lines right now. And that's, that's going to, that's honestly the hardest part when your superstars aren't producing and your, and your role players aren't producing. It's, it's a tough thing to see. And especially when you get guys like 
who are stepping up from Montreal, like Caulfield. This is his first year in the league coming out of uh, Wisconsin, I believe, and who had an unbelievable World Juniors for Team USA. And uh, oh no, maybe he's on. Maybe he's, he might be a Canadian boy. I don't know. But uh, let me let me turn my thing on here. Let me start the video. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting up down series so far with them. But I mean, you get good depth. It shows how hard it is to really win a cup and how what what things you need to go deep in the playoffs. Where you need those fourth line guys who can step up. You need your superstars perform, you need good goaltending. And especially defensively, it's got to be dialed in on the back end. That's something the Bruins just didn't have. And that's why they, they couldn't outmatch this Islander team of four lines and good defense that can pretty much roll with 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 very good goaltending in um, Barlamov. So, yeah. I don't know. Barlamov much... is... Don't mention the word Barlamov. It gets me heated. But Yeah, right. It gets Dev, it gets Dev going. Guy was fucking nasty. Oh, but, yeah, uh, it's been great. Yeah, you mentioned how hard it is to win a Stanley Cup. And it just makes me – I was listening to this podcast, and they, there's a Lakers assistant coach just talking about how difficult it is to win an NBA championship. But, like, so obviously – I'm not going to get into the whole debate about which is more difficult. But, like, winning a championship in any sport, like, you need a combination of luck, like, and, like, meaning that you need your team to stay healthy throughout playoffs. Because you look at the Brooklyn Nets, they had it all together. They had the most talent, but then they fall apart in the end. And now you see who's remaining left in the Eastern and Western Conference. But relating, especially- it, relating it back to hockey, um, even more difficult to stay healthy because it's a much more physical sport than basketball. So it's like you can have all the talent in the world, but people forget like you need to come like those later months in the season. You need to make sure your guys are ready and that they – can play through that very long season, 82 games, yeah. 82 games for um, hockey, 82 games for basketball. It's, it's a long and grueling season for those guys. Yeah. Especially, I mean, even this year it was a 65 game season, which was, which is significantly shorter in, in terms of like length over the season, but yeah. it's still a grind, especially when a year where you can't really escape the game. Like you couldn't go out, you couldn't do much besides just sit in your hotel room or sit at home and just kind of not really get away from the game like you could when you have rookie party, you have all-star break, you have like these little gaps in the season that split it up. You have like all these things that kind of help you get rest throughout the year. You didn't really have, it was like, you were just kind of playing games every other night, which can be taxing on the body and taxing on goaltending. And I mean, leading into more goaltending stuff with the Vegas Golden Knights, it's, that two goalie system, it's been something that's been kind of phasing its way into the league where you have a competent guy like Leonard who got him a win in game, game four, game five. Yeah, game five. And then, no, yeah, game four. And then you have a guy so you can give Flurry some rest. And then you have Flurry come back in and he lets in four, which, I mean, most of those weren't really his fault. But, I mean, the defense wasn't there for the Gold Knights last night. But, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think it'd be do you think it's easy to call? Like, do you think it'd be easier to when you have two goalies to pick from, or do you just have your, your do or die guy where it's like if this guy fails, we're fucked? Like do you do you like having that little area of I guess 
like leeway where you can kind of start either guy or do you ride the hot goalie or I mean what do you guys think would you guys rather have two competent goalies or one one good one good goalie who you kind of got to ride or die with uh I personally would rather just one solid as hell goalie to sort of ride or die with because I I almost think of the goalie as like I don't know in terms of hockey how it, this position relates but I think of it as like a quarterback I'd rather have a one solid as hell quarterback rather than like we're looking at the Patriots where it's is it Newton or is it Jones I'd rather just know right away I'm right I'm just riding with this guy throughout the playoffs throughout the season throughout the series um I don't know how some of those teams do it where it's like yo he was playing hot the other night let's play him but then he ends up sucking we play the next dude he's hot and then I I feel like it turns into a mess it's just it's too much to sort of try to handle and try to predict when you could focus on other areas of hockey than just who's got the hot, who's got the hot hand. Yeah. Especially when you're pretty much rolling the dice with a guy like Leonard or Flurry, where like Flurry can be dialed in and some nights or some nights just not, not there. And then some nights you have Leonard, like at the beginning of this, at the beginning of the, uh, the playoffs, they were kind of switching back and forth, but then Flurry really got that number one, established thing where like Vegas was pretty much like putting Leonard on the cross and then he comes in and gets you a big win when Flurry clearly needs a break. I mean, Flurry's not, he's not young. I think he's 36 years old. Like you got a veteran goalie like that who like you maybe he only, he might only have a, a couple of years. Like I know he's not too crazy off the ice and he takes care of his body well, but with the guy, especially like when you have that kind of safety net, it is nice to know, but, like, I, I mean, I'm too much of a, like, overthinker to, to, to be able to pick from Leonard or Flurry. Like, I don't know how much easier it is for the coach. Maybe you can vibe him out in the room and be like, okay, he's feeling it. He's not feeling it. Like, maybe you have that option. But I don't know. I think you need that true number one like like Tampa has or like um, the Islanders have where it's, it's ride or die with this guy. And it's still just the overall, like, I mean, it's just a, it's a decision that it's has to be made, but I think it's a lot easier when you when you have your true number one. But then again, it's so hard to find a true number one like that where you can maybe have a Bennington one year who comes in, steps up, and wins you a cup and goes on a crazy run. You guys come from first to from last to first, but then you have guys that like like Matt. Um, no, what's his name? Is it Matt? No, it's not Matt Murray. It's uh the Penguins goalie. Um, where like you trade. You got your new up-and-comers, new up-and-comers, and then eventually he fades out your starter, and then you're stuck with this one guy. But then if the one guy shits the bed, it's you're done. So um, I don't I think, know. The whole – yeah, Deb, what do you think? I think that in regards to having two goalies, it prevents your one goalie or your main guy from getting burnt out and having a lingering injury like we saw with Rask. Um, but at the same time, it's like having two guys to pick from, it makes your decision that much more difficult. Like each night you're like, do I ride the hot hand? Do I switch it up? Do I go to my other, uh, goalie to like motivate, motivate the rest of the team? Like, what are you going for? Like mentally with your team? And so I think, I, what are you going to say? Some super quick, my bad. But no so from a player perspective, at least, um, I just immediately like when you're when you're talking just made me think of how from an athlete perspective 
the confidence level that goes into that game when you're sitting there and right before the game, you're waiting for the goalie next to you as to who's playing or you're playing on the ice and you're like, if I suck tonight, I'm not playing tomorrow. Or if I do awesome tonight, am I going to play tomorrow? Like you have that question in your head. Cause I know for me, when I'm on the volleyball court, my freshman year, it was me and and a junior and every game, we didn't know who was starting. So anytime I was playing, that's what I was thinking of the whole time. What do I need to do for me to play every single game? So sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Cause like from a player perspective, like it does hurt your sort of confidence level. So I don't like what they're doing coaching wise because of that. No, you're, you're good. You bring up a good point. Cause I think it can have two different effects where depending on the player, it's either going to motivate them or it's going to, destroy them and it's going to kill their confidence so if you're a guy who's like very like a fierce competitor you'd be like fuck that i'm going out i'm taking my job i'm gonna win over this number one role but if you're a guy who's kind of like in like limbo and you're not really like you know really do well with pressure you might not like how the coach is handling that situation i mean i know like when i played sports when there was more pressure on me, I played worse, like significantly worse. <laughs> so like, I don't know how other people feel, but like, if you feel like every single move you do, like your success is riding on that or like your chance of playing and like, I feel like it makes it so hard to like play freely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. And it, that's why like, at least relating it to basketball more. Cause you know, that's, that's me and you, but um, I feel like that's almost like when you take a player, like, I can't, can't get an example right off my head, but let's say, let's say Jalen Brown right now on the Celtics, we'd go back two years. He hasn't blossomed into who he is and it could have been who he is today, but it could have been because he didn't have that confidence level. Like we were saying, where he had that pressure on him and he wasn't able to sort of freely play basketball. Um, So yeah, I wonder if like, if what they're doing over there, if they were to have just, one specific goalie and push the other goalie to another team or something to see how, how they end up playing. If one plays better than the other, when it's just, all right, you're the starter, man. Like dude, I, your competition is, is there, but you're the starter. Let's see how you do. Cause it, being named the starter goes to your head. You play like, in my opinion, if a coach came up to me, shook my hand and was like, yo, you're the starting point guard tonight. I'm ready to ball out immediate confidence boost. <laughs> exactly. It's literally plus five on your attributes right away. So like yeah. for hockey is like that, obviously the goalie, that's, that's a huge position that, that needs to be locked in every game. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm lost on this because I don't know how the hell you coach a team and you keep on flipping. Like it's not baseball and baseball. You don't flip pitchers. Like that's, I don't know. I think it's stupid as hell. <laughs> And like it got me fired up now. <laughs> Why are you flipping goalies? It's an interesting uh conversation to have. Yeah, I don't know. You muted yourself, Mason. Yeah, I can't hear you. <laughs> okay. Um, I can see during the regular season how it could be very beneficial where you can kind of play the matchup where it's like, okay, this goalie plays well against this team, this goalie plays well against this team. But, like, yeah, when it comes to postseason, it's like you, you need your best guy to play his best game. And if you're not getting that from one guy and one other guy's doing it, but then the other guy falls off and the other guy, like, you kind of have to rely on ne- the whole next man up mentality where it's like 
all right, well, you didn't have a good game, so let's see what he does in game two. Like, you only get four, you only get four games to like to pretty much set the tone for the series. And if you're flip flopping back and forth and you lose three games, it's like, okay, well, now I got to decide who's like, like for the deciding game when they're down, when they're down three two in Vegas right now. It's like I have zero clue who they're gonna play for next game because Flurry didn't like Flurry played well, but wasn't well enough to get them a win. But I mean, the defense overall has got to be better there. But I mean, if I were, if, I mean, if it were me, I'd, I'd maybe throw Leonard in there because I mean, if he got you the win, if he got you that like must win to tie the series at two two. I, I mean, I can't see why he can't do it again. But then again, it's like the whole city of Vegas might ha- might want the coach and GM fired for putting Leonard in next game and not letting Flurry redeem himself. Because I mean, then say Leonard gets the win in Game Six. Right, and you send it to Game Seven. You got to keep Leonard in that Leonard in there, and then it's like, okay, well, then is he going to take over and for the rest of the playoffs, or are you going to give Flurry the start of Game One of the finals? Like, what do you? It's it just it's it's a lot to uh, I guess kind of think about when when you're in that coaching position. But I mean, it, it is their job to kind of figure out. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you make that call. Um, yeah. Yeah, you want to just want to head into basketball? We got some very big news. Actually big came out news. today. So, you know, perfect timing. Yes, sir. Um, for those who don't know, but if you don't know, I don't know why you're listening to this. But <laughs> the Celtics just hired a new head coach. I believe his name is Ime Udaka. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, sir. I believe it's Ime. Yes. Was an assistant coach for nine seasons in the NBA, seven seasons with the Spurs under Greg Popovich. A lot of the players like him. The more I find out about him, I like him. I know Bez likes him. I don't know. M- Mason was doing some research on him. He, he is wet. He was wet from three when he played. <laughs> he was. Uh, he was definitely a role player, not a superstar. But when he when he got the ball in three point range, he wasn't missing. Yeah, he played overseas for most of his career. I think he got ahead of shorts. I saw something how he had a short stint in the NBA where he got called up to the Lakers for like a brief period of time. But he played yeah, the majority played. in like Nigerian basketball league overseas. Yeah, there was uh, there was one clip that I saw of him playing over in I believe it was Portland for the Trailblazers, and he absolutely got dunked on by J.R. Smith, <laughs> like just just posterized <laughs> by uh, by the stoner himself, J.R. Smith. But uh, yeah, J. But, yeah. It was a tough. It was a tough look, but I mean, yeah, he clearly got something. If they're choosing him to be the assistant coach on Team USA, who's who's like pretty much. I mean, is it much? Is it? Do you think you guys could coach Team USA if if you were given the position with the amount of talents on the team? Yeah. So the thing is, I would, the only thing I would say about that is that when he he was coaching for Team USA while he was still pretty much coaching with Greg Popovich, and I believe. Is Pop the – is he the head coach of the USA team or is it the coach at Syracuse? No, Pop was the head coach. I don't yeah, know. So, he was for a year or – Yeah, or the so la- I think was that's it the why last, he got that role. Was it the last uh, Olympics, was he? It was to the 2019 FIBA World Cup, so it wasn't the okay. Olympics. Okay. It, it was just like one of yeah. those like World Cup games or whatever. That's why like the team, the team was like – I'm pretty sure we got destroyed. I think we sucked. 
Yeah, because I mean, if Marcus Smart is on a USA basketball team, there's kind of a problem. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we oh. had like we had like some bum ass <laughs> players playing the team USA. <laughs> oh my god. Send the send the college kids over. We had we had a pretty much. What's his name? I can't even remember his name. Something white. You definitely know what I'm talking about, Vez, but like he was like a bench player and he was not good. And he was on Team USA, and I can't remember his name, but is it Derek White? Yeah, Derek White. Yeah. Like, do people even know who that is? Probably not. Mm-mm. No, I don't even I don't know who that is. He's like a role player, like shooter. Like he's good. Very, very similar to the uh new head coach. The Ime. Ime, very similar to Ime. Yeah. Very, it was very relatable there. But uh <laughs> I mean to be to be under a coach like King Popovich, um, who kind of dealt with, I mean, I mean, anybody who's dealing with Kawhi Leonard, the the robotic man himself, um, is clearly doing something right where like you can get somebody you can get like the best out of a team like that. But I mean, those teams were stacked for a long time. You would have Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and guys like that. And I mean, I'm not saying the Celtics couldn't be that, but I mean, we bring a big Al's back and down. Playoff so, Al, baby. Playoff Al, let's go. Yes, sir. Uh, they're going to be rolling next season. But uh, I don't know. When you have a coach like that who kind of follows a, a good leader and a, a coach that's proven he can win, I think that's that's somebody you want as your head coach. Yeah, I, I agree. And something to go back a couple pods um, that Dev and I talked about was how the Celtics needed that sort of – like a little bit of a culture change, like – a little bit more identity, um, doing a little bit more um, in the media a little bit and just sort of like just changing, changing their marketing scheme, like just changing a lot of stuff because we've been the same since the 60s and 70s. Like we haven't changed much. So I think having Ime as our head coach, we already just made history today. He's the first Nigerian uh, head coach in the NBA. Um, and then on top of that, it's, he comes in with a pretty strong, not a bad attitude, but he's going to be hard on the players, but he's still a player coach. Um, he knows his stuff, but he's going to be that guy where he's not putting up with anybody's crap. He's a big six, six dude. Um, and a story came out about a fight that he had in uh, the Nigeria basketball league where it was him and his teammates and the crowd had came onto the court at the end of the game and they all were coming at him and everything and like trying to beat up the players. And the way that the story is told is that his fighting technique was the exact same as like Mortal Kombat. And I guess literally dudes were coming out of the stands and this guy's like knocking them out just left and right, just knocking them out. And I guess at one point he turns to his buddy and they get the guy that's telling the story and tells him to watch out. And there's this guy coming with a chair, literally ready to knock out his boy, jumps off of like the little bleachers. Ime comes over, punches him right in the face. Guy drops onto the ground, like midair, punches him in the face, turns back around, keeps knocking dudes out. Like insane. And then just, the fans just back, like backed away. And that's the kind of coach that we need in Boston. So I'm, that's I'm a all Boston in. guy. That's a Boston guy. Right? <laughs> that's fan. a yeah, a fan storms the court. Ime just rocks him <laughs> without yeah, hesitation. 
Yeah, there's gonna be no more no popcorn on the head for that guy. No water bottles are being thrown at him. Yeah, dude, people are gonna get knocked out. If you go in the crowd, we'd have another. Uh, what's the? Uh, what was the famous? Uh, the famous brawl that happened. Malice at the Ron, palace. The malice at the palace. Get him in there, dude. That That'd was so- Ron Artest. Dude, ben that fight Wallace. is insane. Meta. Oh yeah, Meta World Peace. Meta World Peace. By the way, breaking news: Nikita Kucherov has left game, uh, and did not return for second period. So Yikes. that could be that's huge because he's a yeah. big leader on that team and he makes a lot of big plays. That's so nuts. If uh, if it, now's the time for for the Islanders to strike, it's right now. So Damn. see if they can pull it out here because if he doesn't return for Game Seven, that's a that's a coin flip. Yeah, that's. But then I don't know. The boys might be because if if I'm gonna assume he'd return for games for the next series, but uh, I mean that that might it's either gonna change the way that they play or it's going to fire them up and they ain't losing because they if they're going to be winning this for cooch they're going to be winning this for cooch yeah that is, that is facts i do that's one thing that i love about sports and especially physical sports like hockey if your boy goes down and he can't play for a certain amount of games every single game after that injury is for your boy and it's balls to the wall i love it so like Honestly, if I'm the Islanders and that dude isn't playing for the rest of the series, I would honestly be I'd be pretty scared. Because they're definitely be gonna scared, go possible. Yeah. Oh, they're coming at him heavy, but yeah, it's gonna be tough. But yeah, Ime, I I I I'm I'm excited to see what he's gonna bring to the table. I think I think with a with a group like this slowly uh getting into their glory days of uh, Jason Tatum's career, um I I don't know, maybe he could bring us to the next level. Yeah, he the so some of the facts about him to sort of like there was an article trying to get Celtics fans excited about it um which honestly it seems like everybody's pretty excited about it but he's a huge recruiter so he knows everybody in the league like everybody like 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 Mason said he coached Kawhi Leonard he coached Marta Rosen he's coached Tim Duncan Manu Ginobili Tony Parker um, LaMarcus Aldridge, he's coached all of these guys where even if those dudes are retired, some of them are going to be in the Hall of Fame, some some of them already are, like he still is going to use those connections to just go around the league. We have a huge, huge summer right now with Kawhi Leonard being a free agent. Don't totally know how much money we can, we can award him, but we have a lot of cap space right now um, to sort of find a low free agent now, get a huge one next summer. Well, Kawhi Leonard is a free agent this summer, so I'm hoping the Clippers lose so that my man, Ime, can go recruit him, have him come on over. I want a point guard, but how could you ever turn down Kawhi Leonard? Um, and then on top of that, with him being a really good recruiter, the guy's just smart as hell. I trust Brad 100%. He's made two moves in the last week and a half that I think have drastically changed our organization. Even though we only moved one player, we got playoff foul back we got moses brown who's seven foot two and literally gets 10 boards a game like did, he's a he's a yeah. man he had a 2019 boards in the first half against the celtics he had a 2020 game against the celtics when he played us yeah and like it's insane because he's what rob williams has almost slowly turned into with his athleticism but taller like five inches taller and the dude is also like extremely strong. Like I've watched the way that he plays. He's like similar size to taco, 
obviously not as tall, but exactly what we want Taco to turn into. He's a stretch center. The dude literally dribbles up the floor. He crosses people up, posts people up. It's insane. So he's only 21 years old. And I think the OKC, I think it was a stupid move on their part. I mean, I think when um, Brad made that move, he saw the potential that Moses Brown had. Because like, you look at what the deal was and you're like, oh, this isn't too great for the Celtics, but they clear a ton of cap space. You know, they get a, you know, a wily veteran in playoff and <laughs> playoff uh, Al Horford, who probably has a couple years left to give us before he retires. But I mean, he's good. Al's good for the locker room. Seems like he got along with most of the guys when he was here. So like, it's like, it's, it's not like a great move. It's not a bad move. It's like a neutral move. It's like, yeah. check, it's like checkmate. Like, all right, we have our cards in front of us. Like what's our next play? Like we have all this money now. I think it's like what thirty four million in cap yep. space. Yeah, because we also we got um, we still have a lot of uh, trade exceptions. We got a six point eight million trade exception with Kemba. Um, yeah. So yeah, we got plenty of money. Yeah. So maybe that opens the door to sign. I don't know. I know. I don't even think what does Beal have under his contract now. But I know Tatum and Beal are homies. They're both from Louisville. I don't know. There's rumors. Bill's contract is that. huge. Yeah. But like, do you know how many, do you know how many years is left? I have no clue. Um, I believe he has a couple years, but I can quickly look. Yeah. Um, but building off of that. Um, or even Lillard. I know, obviously that's like, <laughs> it feels like super dude. unrealistic to sign Lillard, but like, dude, that would be nuts. I if mean, had Lillard. If you hear the, if, Boston fans would be like thrilled. Like, even if it's like, even if he made, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say like, Oh, Lillard wouldn't be the best fit. Like, I feel like he could just fit in anywhere. Cause he's that good of a player. Yeah. So it's like, but then if you sign him, then you have like Lillard Brown Tatum. Like, how do you figure all that out? It's, yeah. It's interesting, but yeah. And that's the thing that scares me about signing stars, which just so you know, Beal uh, has an option next summer. So, which just adds to how crazy next summer is free agent wise. But it's like, I'm, what makes me nervous about adding stars to this team is we already have two stars and legit as hell stars, an MVP candidate and a star that could potentially be an MVP candidate in whatever year in the next three years where one of them is going to be an MVP at some point. So to have them too, because it's not like over in Portland, what they had where it's Lillard, who is a clear, clear best player. Well, not the best, but one of the best players in the league. And then CJ McCollum, who's, who's a baller. He's a star. He's good, but he's not a Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So what scares me about all those stars together is like, we don't get to see what Tatum turns into. And that's what I want to see is like Tatum become who he's supposed to be, where I think Tatum is the next KD. I think Tatum's the next Kobe Bryant. Devin Booker's not going to take that from him. But I think I think this was one step that we needed to make. And we got we took literally the number 16 pick and drafted Moses Brown. And that's perfectly fine with me. I, I liked the draft class coming in, but that's literally every single year, maybe besides last year, because last year was actually garbage. But every year I'm excited about the draft to see who we're going to get. I was really excited about this one.
But if I get a 7-2, 21-year-old who is already two years established in the league, played some G League, he's gone through some hard times, went undrafted, like he's not just a, like, it wasn't a cakewalk for this kid. So he's a grinder. He's a grinder. Exactly. And that's, and that's what we need. So we drafted him at number 16, in my opinion. And that's, that's honestly perfect for the Celtics. Yeah. I like, I like the move. It does sound like he's, they're pretty much just kind of building a good defense to kind of complement with their offensive um, superstars with, with Tatum and Brown, but um, which honestly doesn't sound too bad at all. I mean, when we shut, if we can shut down teams defensively and it's pretty much a high scoring league right now. So if you have the best defense, I mean, you got pretty good odds of winning. I'm, I'm assuming, right. I mean, you got, I mean, the whole point is to score more baskets, but if you're, if you're playing that much better defensively, it's, it'd be, it'd be great for the, uh, for the Celtics. I mean, yeah, that, that was a problem with the Celtics this year. I mean, it's like a combination of lackluster bench scoring where they couldn't put the ball in the hoop unless Tatum was on the court. Uh, and uh, just our defense was like pretty bad most of the season. Like we could not, we couldn't even compete or we could compete with these bad teams, but we weren't blowing them out like we should because of how poor our defense was. Like you can just, you can just go back and watch some games and just see like that the effort just wasn't there at times. I'm kind of just like going through the motions and for yeah. us to be a championship caliber team next year, like, we need to stick with Brown and Tatum and bring somebody else in, but our defense needs to like step it up. And our rook and our uh, and Pritchard needs to make. I think Pritchard really needs to make a, a leap next year to like really help us off the bench because I think he has the talent to do it. I just think Brad didn't have complete confidence in him, but maybe as Ime works his way into the the organization, he finds something that Brad didn't. So. Yeah, I I think this is like a huge year, especially with um, with Ime is Romeo Langford and Grant Williams. These two players at least need to make a significant impact this year or they're gone. I think (laughs) I think they've totally flipped the whole like, all right. Brad has a style of, all right, we're going to have these dudes sort of ride the bench their first year, get moved in a little bit their second year, third year, they do good fourth year. Then now they're doing really well. We're at the point now where it's, if you suck, you're gone. Like there's nothing we can do about it where you're a third year player. Sorry, you got injured. You're gone. If you suck, I love Romeo Langford. I don't think he will suck, but Grant Williams, you suck. I would love for you to be gone. You're great on defense, but our defense, like you said, went from fourth in the league last year to 13th in the league. And if you can't play defense in basketball, you're sc- in any sport, you're screwed. That's how the New York Knicks got so far. Literally, like one of the best defenses in the league because of because um, of Thibodeau. So it, it was frustrating to watch, but Mason's right. We're going back to what we used to do where it was just straight defense, and that's how we win games is we play hard-nosed defense, and that's just how we're going to do it. Yeah, Grant Williams. Oh my God, I don't even know how that guy's in the league anymore. He just—he got to prove himself. Him and Semi Ojeley just look like like tall ass running backs on the court who just like stand on the corner and just jack up threes, and that's all they do. 
And like Grant Williams is like for his size is a good rebounder. But like the, I I just remember watching so many Celtics games this season and Grant Williams gets minutes like late in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, this dude can't, this dude's so bad. He couldn't do anything for us. And it's like the most annoying part about a player like Grant Williams is like you were just saying, he gets good rebounds for his size. Like, is this high school basketball? Like, is this college basketball where it's like, all right, they're doing really well because they're, they're kind of short. So it's like, oh, they're getting these rebounds. Like, yeah. oh, nice. Like, why do we, like, I, I do it all the time. But, like, why do we need to settle for this where I feel like Grant Williams, I think the dude, we saw a glimpse of what he could be in the bubble last year where he was knocking down threes. He was doing pretty well offensively. But this year, he just lost his touch. So this year, he's really got to prove himself. And if he does, then that's that's perfect for us. Some, I did like Semi Ojale a little bit this year. Um, he was knocking down some shots. So I think if he continues to knock down shots and he plays that like eighth, ninth man role, then that'd be dope. But I think Jabari Parker is someone who I really hope just starts excelling because I that dude has not had it easy. So like, it would be awesome to see that dude explode in Boston and be like a fan favorite in Boston. Yeah, I'd love to see that. He's had a rough road with injuries and not really give it, getting a, a fair shot at it, but. Uh, yeah, there's just, I mean, the Celtics got a lot to work on, but they also have a lot to work with. And I think there's reason, good reason for Celtics fans to be hopeful and positive going into next year. As long as we can, uh, you know, I have all this cap space, might as well bring somebody in who's going to have an impact. So, so let me, let me give, let me ask you, because I know that Cal, I know you're going to be listening, wants a nice, pretty list of anything and so dev i think a list that came to my mind what are like three free agents this summer that you would think would be perfect and it don't worry about the money don't worry about any of that i'm not saying you can't you can't be like oh we're gonna get damian lillard because that's just that's not realistic because he's not a free agent but we've got 30 mil what are like one two and three that you would want to see for us to go get I'm pulling up the list because I remember we looked at back at this a while ago, but there are just so many good free agents that I can't even like, I can, um, I process have a, it, but I'm looking I at it now. Here. I haven't put too much thought into this, but if I'm going gut feeling, that's why I, want, I wanted to put you on the spot. All right. I'm looking at it now. Okay, obviously, <laughs> see, like, right now at the top of free agency, you have Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Mike Conley. Obviously, if you can get Kawhi Leonard, you fucking do it. That's no, that's a no-brainer. Right. All right, so give me, give me five then, because that is pretty simple. So give me, try to give me five. Okay, so we'll say Kawhi Leonard. If you can get Chris Paul... Obviously, you need a point guard. That'd be unreal. But he's going to stay with Phoenix after this run that they're having. Yeah, and that the relationship that they have over there is, like, it's honest. I'm jealous of it. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. One person, I'm looking here now, and I didn't realize he was a free agent, but Kyle Lowry is interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, like, really, like, hard-nosed, tough defender, guy hits shots. I think he's a guy you'd really want on your team. 
like Kyle Lowry would be interesting. And I think you could get you could get him for what we have remaining in cap space, I think. For I sure. think so too. Well, he's a thirty million dollar hit right now. And he's probably gonna want more, right? He could mm, and he's also old on... though. He's a veteran, he's getting older. So Yeah. It all depends on how how much he wants another ring, to be honest. Cause he could pull a Tom Brady and be like, No, like I'll I'll settle like 20, 25 mil. Like I, I can I can settle for that. I'm gonna look further down the list and say that Dennis Schroeder wouldn't be a bad pickup either. Yeah. I feel like he's a guy you could probably sign for a pretty low, pretty low right now, just because he had an off season. Yeah, he, he has to I feel like he has to prove himself again. Like I feel like the Lakers kind of brought him in as to be like their guy at point guard, but he showed that he's not that at all. Like it, yeah, they wanted him as like a younger Rondo, in my opinion, where yeah. it's like just give the ball to AD and LeBron. And then AD and LeBron were injured all year. Yeah. So Schroeder would be, I feel like, a nice pickup for Boston. So that's four. I'm trying to be, like, realistic here and not just grab all the top players. Yeah, no, um, I respect it. What would you think about Lonzo? Love it. Love it? It's just would the only be... – it would, it would be dope because them three together, Brown, uh, Lonzo, and Tatum would be super dope to see. Um just because, like, I, I don't know. I'm a huge Lonzo Ball fan, so I'm really biased. But um, he knocks down, he knocks down shots. He's really, really good defensively, um, and he dishes the ball well. And all we, all we need is for him to dish the ball and hit a couple shots when Tatum is a little off or Brown is a little off yeah. or they're tired. But we just need like spacing on offense, and Lonzo would do that. You mentioned spacing, and I was just thinking of this. JJ Redick is a free agent. Ooh. I, I saw is, him too. I saw him too. He's, I was wondering about that. I mean, one of the I mean, one of the greatest shooters in the league right now. I mean, the guy's been consistent for years. He's always been a knockdown shooter. Can sometimes create his own shot off the dribble occasionally, but he is getting older. So Well, yeah, but, even if he just came in off the bench just for some role player scoring when that was a big issue this year. Yeah. I mean, he could come off the bench and give you, like, I think – I mean, I've seen it happen. He comes off the bench, he'll give you, like, 15 to 20 if he's hot that night and he's and he's shooting well. Like, that's exactly what we need. Like, somebody who can space the floor, kind of give, like, a surge off the bench, like Mason said. So, I feel like that's – and that's a guy you can get for pretty cheap. So, it's like – I don't know. There's, like, a – there's some good options out there. And, like, I've, I'm sure Brad's, like – his brain scrambling already, like looking at who he has for free agents. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I, it seems like both those guys would be pretty viable options. I mean, Lonzo's really never gotten a true kind of like start on a good team. Like, yeah, he played with LeBron the one year, but he kind of got, I don't know, plastered to the bench, right? Pretty much, right? When LeBron was kind of making all the calls. And yeah, I mean, you give a guy like that a fair opportunity to really see what he can do. Especially you bring him in, fresh team, fresh location. You got a new coach coming in who plays pretty – who in interviews has said that he plays a team game, tries not to let egos kind of run the locker room. And it seems like – kind of seems like a guy who can bring a team together. And I feel like if Lonzo or J.J. kind of had that – I mean, J.J. had that before when he played in Orlando, and that was, that was a pretty tight team before Dwight Howard went off the rails. But – um. Or maybe he was just always off the rails. 
But I mean, both those guys seem like pretty good options. I mean, if you've seen, if he's a, he's a big snake guy. Have you seen that episode of Tanked? Yeah, right? make yeah. Him a, 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 yeah, he's fucking sick. Yeah, it's pretty cool what he's got, but he's I don't know, he's pretty odd, but he's pretty odd, uh, odd squirrel. Yeah, it's dope. But Dev, I, mean, I get so. Let me know. Let me know what you think of this list. I've got players right here that I found that are under fifteen mil for us to get. So some of these dudes we get for six to eight mil. So if we load up on like three of these dudes, use literally just pull the Bill Belichick like method over the last summer, load up on these players and get ready for the season. So players that I have, Larry Nance, I like that dude a lot. Marvin Bagley, Kyle Anderson, which I was surprised about. He's closer to the 10 to 15 range. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Derek Jones Jr., who I definitely like a lot. Kevin Knox, who literally we could get for so cheap, and he's never been able to show how good he is. Yeah, he was injured this whole season. Yeah, injuries, and then the Knicks trying to load up um, with a lot of young players, so he didn't really get a good shot. Um, Jeremy Lamb, solid as hell shooter. Um, Duncan Robinson, again, solid as hell shooter. Otto Porter Jr. and Dennis Schrouder. So, yeah, that's my list for you with the under 15 mil for us to go grab this summer. The, the thing is, is like, if we try to bring in multiple guys, who are we getting rid of? This is a big question. Yeah. Well, if you do, we have a hole at point guard because I mean, we have, we have Peyton, we have Carson Edwards, we have Tremont waters, but we, we don't have like that starter guy. If we grabbed, let's say Dennis Schrouder grabbed him for what? 13 mil. Um, had him as a starter. That's solid. And then we were like, you know what? Maybe we should move a little bit and grab. I believe at shooting guard, we didn't have much at shooting guard. Um, we go to shooting guard. We look at Kevin Knox or Jeremy Lamb. Those are guys where it's either around 10 mil or a little under 10 mil. The only guys that we would maybe get rid of is, and we don't even have to, I don't think, because now that we have the main Celtics, we can put Carson Edwards back on a two-way, put Traymond uh, Waters on a two-way, Taco on a two-way. Like, there's a lot of dudes that we have in that locker room that I don't want to see get cut, but there's a lot of opportunity for us to sort of build our roster. Well, let me ask you this. Theoretically, say we sign Schroeder, what do we do, what do, we do with Smart? I'm pushing him to six, man. I think that's the best. I think he plays best when he's a six, man. I think he's all right with being the six, man. That's, that's the only reason why I would push him to there. I think he's all right with being the six, man, especially if we're winning games. So I think for him, he believes more in the Celtics than himself and like in a good way, not like he's not confident, but he cares more about winning than like his own personal growth. So I think for himself, if he sees that we're winning games and Shrouder is a clear starter, he's perfectly fine being the sixth man. And like he plays really well playing that second line where he brings that sort of veteran leadership where we have Jabari Parker coming. We have Peyton Pritchard. Like he helps those guys get through it rather than being a starter and being gassed from starting the game. Yeah. I don't envy Brad Stevens right now. Cause like just the amount of like, there's so many different ways you can go about this and like in transforming this team. I mean, he, if, if there's one guy to have the job, it's him. Cause he knows this team better than anyone else. He's been the coach for what was it the past eight seasons? I think it was. That's crazy. 
Yeah, I think so. so. But yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, he's the perfect guy for the job right now because he's just no, he knows each player like person on a personal level and he knows how they interact like in the locker room and stuff. So maybe you can find something there that'll strike gold and like mesh well. Like yeah, maybe I mean, instead of maybe instead of just bringing in the, another superstar, bring in like some great players at like a low, like at a low salary that can complement them well. So yeah. I don't know. I like I said, I don't envy Brad because he's got a lot of work ahead of him to figure out figure this whole thing out. I mean, yeah. I think they're building off a pretty strong foundation with Tatum and Brown, which I mean, if it were me, I wouldn't try to blow up the team when you. I mean. You lost what in the second round, so it's like you, you clearly got some pieces that are working and some that aren't. So it's like for me, I would I I would bring in. We need a point guard and maybe another defensive guy, and we need a bench shooter. So it's like if you can find those two things, I'd get that. I'd try to keep us at least at least I'd at least go to the cap, if not just under it, and I'd see what happens when you bring in. The, two guys like that or maybe even one maybe three but i would think that uh you'd want to keep this foundation that you kind of built on right now i mean see what taco fall does see what if you can grow some of these players that you already have rather than try to go out and get somebody new who you got to start from scratch with again yeah i feel that well there's some changes that definitely have to be made because even with the roster we had this past season, there's no reason for us to go 36 and 36 Ugh. with the amount of talent that we had. It's, it's pretty inexcusable. And like as Celtics fans or even those who are listening, like, <laughs> you know, that our team is more capable, is more capable than being 500, just being average. Cause that's what 500 is. When you I have, mean, I think, yeah. Yeah. You can go ahead. And you're bringing you're bringing in the new coach. You're bringing a new a new team guy. Maybe you can fire up the boys. Get the, get more out of us. Maybe get more out of the team, in a sense of like maybe I don't know if maybe bring the locker room bit more together. But I mean, it's another it's another uh, another another tricky off season for the Celtics. That it is. Makes it fun. Hey, we're we're knocking. We're knocking on a championship. We're knocking. So we're there, man. We're like, bro, oh, any crazy. team, any team is there. Did anyone expect the Suns to be in the Western Conference Finals or the Hawks when, to be in the Eastern Conference Finals? Oh, when you got kicking the shit out of people in the stands, <laughs> firing up the boys. I mean, it's seriously the Suns yeah. and four guy. I just hate how like Barstool like takes it to everything to like another level. It's like to the point where it's like cringe. Like I understand that Suns and four guy is funny, but then they start making T-shirts. And I'm like, oh. This guy wasn't just his own them, merch though. line. This guy's got his own merch line. He's yeah. pumping out content daily. This, they're they're bringing him to clubs in in fucking in Phoenix. This guy's the this guy is maybe a one of he's gonna he might even have his fucking uh na- do you do you engrave your name on the no you don't engrave he he's gonna be at the at the uh if they if they go all the way he'll be at the parade he'll be raising that fucking thing. That guy's on the air. <laughs> Oh, they don't they don't ride duck boats. Yo, that's weird. He's on top of the world right now. That guy's yeah, like that guy's loving life. Five minutes oh. of fame or whatever it is, but it's it's been going for longer than that. Cause there's a bunch of people in the stands taking pictures with them and stuff and videos. 
That's oh yeah, it. he's he's the celebrity walking around Phoenix right now. He might be more popular than some of the players. Yeah, um, D Book has some competition, but he's got an exactly. action figure of himself. Oh you yeah, he's that? pumping everything. He's probably really? made he's probably made a couple a couple hundred thousand just off the of t-shirt sales. Dude, it's I'm, nuts. I mean, he gave that guy like five uppercuts to the jaw. Did you see yeah. the interview with the guy? <laughs> the guy who got his ass handed to him. Yeah, did you see that interview? No. Dude, wow. the guy the guy was like, Oh, I had my arms here. He landed like only one. I was like, dude, he was he was crying. Like, like, he, he was crying. You had to run away because your nose was like broken. Like it was on the, it was on the other side of his head. What did the guy say? He's like, I'm gonna kick your buddy's ass or something. Or he's like, I'm yeah. gonna fuck your buddy up. And then yeah. he gives him five uppercuts like at <laughs> like at Ryan Garcia speed. I'm like, holy shit. Dude, he tried to <laughs> the key that's the thing is the guy tried to sucker him too, and he came up. So that's the, uh, oh, yeah. the question that, that uh, I was going to bring up tonight was, uh, do you guys think when you're in a fight, uh, uh, say like at a, in the stands or anything, would you rather be the guy at the, on coming from the top down or going from the top up in that, in that situation? From, like, I'd rather I, be from bottom up. Bottom you'd up. You'd rather be on the bottom. Yeah. yeah Why I'm is that? Big bottom guy. No. Yeah. But, uh... You got a couple beers <laughs> in you maybe. And it's like, you're coming from, so like, the way that it's not like um it's not like bunker hill or whatever or you know what, you know what i mean like it, it's it's not that sort of battle but like you're in the stands and you're on that row right above if you swing you're, and you put way too much weight or power fall. into that swing you're going straight down like that dude where he was just like weight was a little forward and he was able to grab him and give him those uppercuts so if i'm if i'm playing right below him I'm just waiting for him to throw all of his power into a punch. I just go whoop, and then pull him straight down. So like, definitely, I'm I'm yeah. I'm a lower man. I mean, the Suns and Four guy got sucker punched in the back of the head by his buddy, yeah. and then he just grabbed him, and it was over. <laughs> yeah, and it beat, they poured beer on his head too. They are oh food, yeah, they poured it on the Suns and Four guy. Yeah, that's how it started. I the video is like all over the place. I'm like, what's I'm like, who the hell is talking to each other right now? Yeah, that is facts. It's like, how did security not show up? Like, like literally I've worked Fenway Park security. Any fight that happened, there was security there within a second. Like a snap of a finger, there's somebody from security. I think think they just respected it because they were like. They were just like, oh, he's got it. He's got it. He's got it. The security guy's like about to step in. He's like, he's like, nah, nah. The security is like sons and four. Sons and four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, were they in, oh were they in Phoenix? When I ha- yeah, they must have been in Phoenix. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. All right, I was so. gonna say you would have gotten killed if they were in uh, Utah or wherever. Yeah, it was Utah, right? Yeah, a couple of Mormons take them out, dude. Oh, a couple of Mormons would have died. That's what I mean. I don't know why the guy didn't go for. He went for the swing. I would have gone for the kick down the, to try to kick him over the rope. That's where I'm thinking. <laughs> what if he I'm just thinking... <laughs> just grabbed him and just tossed him over? Yeah, oh did some gosh, WWE dude. stuff. Yeah. Some John Cena style. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how many followers that guy has. Actually, I don't even he's know. Got his over, name is, he's, but... I guarantee you over 50k. Just like up Sons and Four. That's yeah, he changed his name. <laughs> <laughs> Sons and Four. Because he yeah, he's got 61.1k followers. This followed like by three. Followed 3, by Green Runs Deep and Mason. <laughs> prior prior to this. Oh, I'm following. I was trying to get him on the podcast. I sent him a DM. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, we can talk to this guy. This guy's the hottest media star going, going right now besides Bryce Hall. Dude, this is 
This guy was living like the most average life ever. Nick McKellar, baby. What a guy. Yeah, I mean, I'd be taking got a, full advantage of it too. I mean, yo, yo, he might have some fighting experience. He's got a picture on his profile with Max Holloway. Or maybe <laughs> yeah, he's just a fan. I mean, I he know, definitely but... had. He definitely showed some that he had something coming throwing those uppercuts like that and just talking shit to his buddy as he's fucking <laughs> as he's got his other as he's got the guy in his hand like a like it's your little brother dude what a guy bro just wailing on the guy i don't know do you guys get anything else no i'm just i'm just watching this dude's instagram page i think about it wasn't it in denver is it sun's denver oh yeah i think it was oh, Denver. yeah it was because it was utah clippers in the other series yeah uh, you, Utah really choked that one, but oh yeah, oh yeah, trash. Well, I mean, he called it, and you get your ass oh, kicked. Oh, like I feel that. like before we wrap this up, we got we got to we got to keep with the Suns talk and just mention the game winner last night with DeAndre Ayton. That was insane. Beautiful pass by Jay Crowder underneath the basket, inbounds pass. Boogie Cousins had his hands up, defending the inbound pass. Jay Crowder, throws, Jay Crowder throws a, a dot right to Aiton, like above the rim, just puts it right down. Game over. What a beast. Monty Williams, yeah, a, great play call. Everyone was everyone was giving him love for that. So that's good. Bro, it's a genius yeah. play call. Like, I don't he's know. Drawing, he's drawing it up. Yeah. I don't know why you'd go for like a mid-range for that. Like, that's if you got a guy like DeAndre Aiton, you're going up top, especially when like Fat Boy Cousins is on the court. Even if he's like guarding the ball, like the inbound, like Fat Boy Cousins can't do nothing. Yo, Fat Boy Cousins pushed D Buck at the end of the game. Yeah, I saw he, like, that. <laughs> Bro, D Buck's still gonna beat him. I don't, I don't care. Fat Boy Cousins um, is too fat and slow. <laughs> fat Boy Cousins. All the comments I was watching, they're like, I didn't even know Boogie Cousins was on the Clippers. Dude, like, seriously. Like, where the hell did this guy come from? Like, why Whatever. is he on the court? Whenever I see him like playing basketball, I have to check to make sure that the game's live and it's not from like four years ago. Because like I literally like don't like <laughs> that is so weird, so disrespectful. <laughs> uh, I can't I can't believe that they started that they played him at the end of the game. Like that's stupid. Uh, I yes, dude. That the did you hear Monty Williams in the huddle before he was like he's like yeah DeAndre. If you get the ball, just try to like dunk it. <laughs> that's literally how he said it. So. <laughs> he said, "I feel like so that's the majority of NBA NBA coaches." Like with Steve Nash, what what does Steve Nash tell KD? What does he tell James Harden? He's just like dribble up the floor and shoot the ball. Like what? Is, like NBA coaches got it. Got like it. why are you telling Aiton, who's like seven one, to dunk the ball? Like <laughs> no shit, buddy. Like if he sees the ball coming towards him, he, he ain't coming down with it with point nine left. Dude. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that imagine, if he, imagine if he took that down to the ground with him. And oh. then went out, and then tried to go up with a layup to get swatted. It's like, dude, what the hell, bro? All right, one last thing. Got a bash on play on playoff P, aka Paul George. Yep. First of all, I don't know if you guys are watching, but the Clippers get bailed because D Book is dribbling the ball and Pat Bev knocks it out but then knocks it out of bounds out of his hands and they slow it down enough where they can see that Devin Booker's like finger grazes it as Pat Bev knocks it out but if you slow down anything enough nine out of ten times it'll be off the player that lost the ball you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I feel you 
Yeah. So like the refs fucked that up, but they were just going by what they saw on the on the replay. So then playoff or <laughs> Paul George gets fouled, goes to the line, two crucial free throws to put the team up, I believe, three to put them up three, and he misses yeah. both. Gotta make those. Chokes both. You leave the door wide open for the Suns. And then you get the end result. What a bump. Has Paul George won an NBA championship? No. Oh, he made, so his best push for the finals was when he was in, in Indiana and almost took down uh, Miami. Um, and that was when I was a huge Paul George fan because I hate LeBron. And yeah, yeah. he stuck it to LeBron, like dunking all over the Miami Heat. Was that – what year was that? That was like 2012. Because wow. I was, yeah, yeah, because I was watching it in a hotel in Vermont during the Vermont Maple Classic, playing for the Southern New Hampshire Saints. That is not a shout out, <laughs> the Southern New Hampshire Saints, right there. So don't take it like that. Don't play for them. But yeah, it was 2012. Yeah, he posterized. He posterized LeBron. It was beautiful. Slams on him. Tatum did better. All right. I think that's all we got today. We I think that's it, boys. Fuck some rapid fire. I think we ran through everything we could. Sleep all yeah. night. Fuck. All right. Well, I got to wake up at 4 a.m., pump some iron, go to Littleton, New Hampshire. Yes, sir. Go lift some shit, some, destroy some stuff, come back home. Yeah. Yeah. Working man. That's what Working a man's man got to do. I'll be one. I'll be 180 pounds of rock solid muscle by the end of the summer. So don't you worry. You're gonna have so many Tinder matches. I mean, not so many, buddy. So many. Can't wait for it. Actually, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put a profile picture of all three of us. You know those like weird things on (laughs) Tinder. Yeah. And I'll put all three of our names. The podcast. The whole podcast is gonna be driving. You can date the final state crew. Yeah, you can date the whole crew. What's better than that? (laughs) Nothing. Or or just. I can't say that. Um, <laughs> we'll save it for the four, baby. We'll save Dungeon it for the, the Patreon. Yeah, that ever happens after show. Yeah. yeah, after show. All right, guys. Yeah, thanks for the, the final say after dark. Thanks for listening and or watching. We'll uh, see you next time, next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.